Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. I am Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church in Lewisburg, West Virginia, joined again by the lead elder of Grassroots Church, my friend, good guy, my pastor, oh, captain, my captain, Darren Cherry. Hi, hi. Hey, did we get my uh, Apple Watch speaking to the microphone as you're walking through? I actually wondered. Nobody's going to hear it because when it would be going, uh, the theme music will be on, so nobody will hear it. It might sound like an intro remix. Like, 45 minutes and counting. Maybe we can come up with new theme music. Do you want to? Do you want me to write a song? If I write a song, and then, or if I write a few little ditties, I probably couldn't do that. I don't know. For for all of our faithful friends and listeners, to if they were to turn the podcast on and had different music, like I don't think anybody care, but I think it would be like, whoa, did I turn on the right the right podcast? Like, did I hit the wrong button somehow? Can we use the music from our uh, YouTube video that we use? You know how if you go back to listen to a sermon, yeah, it's got that cool mountain scene with uh, some really nice music playing. Yeah. Can can we can we put that on the podcast? Would that work? <laughs> I don't see why not. It's a little uplifting. And it's really pretty to listen to. We can just keep it running for 45 minutes during this podcast and speak into the it. The whole time speak with the That is one thing that I I have picked up on. I I didn't pick up on it when I was younger, but as I get older, um the music that is used in Movies you understand, but music that's used even in advertising. Um, I think one of the most obvious was a few years back uh, when it was President Obama, I believe, that started regulating coal really bad. And so the Friends of Coal organization really started putting out ads to, you know, be in favor of coal. And it's got this almost this gloom and doom vibe music going during this, you know, this is what Cole means and this is what is a, a world without it is like. And then the guy shifts and he's like, but with Cole, and all of a sudden the music shifts to this like upbeat, you know, lighthearted type music. And uh, I think that was one of the first ones that I'm like, wait a minute. That's all over TikTok as well. If you listen to some pastors or Bible commentators or political commentators, they'll have this like creepy sounding music in the background and it makes what they're talking about sound so much more serious and real. But I wonder sometimes if you take the music out, like if you just read a transcript of it and be like, you're not really saying that much, but just having that fearful music pumped into it, it makes it more likely to trend because it, I do know that it's, there it's is an a, emotional trigger. You can get on YouTube and see horror movies without the music. And but, how much less intense it is. How much less scary. How much less on the edge of your seat you are. Like when somebody's just walking through woods looking, but there's no music, you're just like, they're really walking through the woods in an odd way. And I say, music can be creepy. The first Insidious movie. the One of the creepiest scenes was the intro. It's... It, the movie movie is coming on. It's showing like a few uh, credits up front, and then you know, kind of a creepy house. Maybe it's just a house in the burbs, and then you hear 
It's like, oh, something's in that house. Something's not right here. It just sounded like it sounded like something should be crawling upside down on the ceiling. Hey, Darren, update. Hit me with it. Burrito redemption. Ah, yes. Five star this morning. Friends had a burrito from Zoal Bean, and it was perfect. They set that burrito down in front of you, and I told you, I was like, man, I'm rooting for you. Like, I, you were so devastated last week from it, and I'm like, man, I am rooting for you today. Did, I, I took my finger and like rubbed it on the outside shell. I was like, oh, it's dry. That's what I like. I don't like a soggy burrito, but today, total burrito redemption. Took a week off. And I knew Two it was serious off. when Sunday we met early, the elders did, to go through our book together, and you got, like, a bagel. Yeah. I, I knew it was serious. I wanted to make the burrito jealous, so I took a bagel to the prom. It worked. <laughs> now I'm back with a burrito, <laughs> and we're happy as can be, and, uh, you know, working through some of our uh, problems, but, you know, together we, we are, it fills me up all day, it's got all the nutrients I need, and it's yummy. So thank you, Wild Bean. You, you got me. You got me, burrito. Well done. And TGIF, friends, we're recording on a Friday, a packed Friday. So this weekend's tough, and I'm going to tell you why. This weekend was like the outdoor weekend for my family. So we have planned today and tomorrow to go camping. I had planned yesterday to go set up our campsite and then go camping all day today, all day tomorrow. Then Sunday, we have, in the afternoon, a cookout planned for our neighbors. We've invited all of our neighbors over so we can get to know them. They can get to know us. We want to be that type of people in our neighborhood. And so we planned this cookout. And then we planned with the Monroe County people to go play pickleball Sunday evening. And it's like... The forecast all week has been like rain all day, every day. Like, how many days, how long has it been since we had legitimate rain? It's been a long time. Yeah, my grass is crunchy. Yeah, and then I've got this whole weekend planned Thursday, set up the campsite. Friday, Saturday, camping. Sunday, cookout. And then pick up a rain. This is tough. I had to cancel everything. But then it gets sunny, and it's sunny for like five hours, and it rains a little bit. But yesterday, there was a really bad storm. It's just the, it's the time of year. The weather pattern is. It is, yeah. Uh, some climatologists have referred to it as a climate breakdown. I wonder if we're going to get to a point one day where every day or every week can be its own season. Like, it can be April, and we'll have 80 degrees one week, and the next week it'll be in the 30s and 40s and snowing. Oh, what if what if we're heading to chaos? We we've we had this discussion in my group last night that somebody brought uh, the dessert, the sweet. We we do snacks. We don't do dinner together. We do snacks, and we always have somebody brings a drink, somebody brings salty, somebody brings sweet. That's all we do. And the sweet were these pumpkin spice cookie, like cream cookie things, and they were really good. But yes. I've already made my feelings known. You're pumpkin bitter. It's still September. It's still summer. It is still the summer season. And I'm like, it's too early for pumpkin spice. It's too early. And so sit here, you going, yeah, snow in April. I'm like, oh, like that. I, Y'all can tell me what you think. I'm okay with it. Last winter was the perfect winter for me. We had zero snowfall. 
and I loved it. I could go every winter with zero snowfall and be completely okay with it. Well, okay. that guy. I guess we'll find out. The uh, equilateral Pacific has shifted from El Nino to La, wait, La Nina to El Nino. So we are in a transition period. From a girl to a guy? Is that what L in law? In law, girl, L guy? Uh, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, depends on who you speak with. But yeah, so the equilateral Pacific. <laughs> it switched sides. We're in El Nino now from La Nina to El Nino, which basically means I think the equator in the Pacific has, you know, heats up and cools down. Do you uh, know I have a picture naturally. of me standing on either side of the equator? Mm-hmm. Which which side felt better? Um, well, I'm uh, I'm from the north, so we'll say north. <laughs> but it, it I went to Ecuador when I was in college on a missions trip, and we got to go to. There's a monument there that you can go up in. Look out! And there's actually they've drawn, painted a line where the equator is, and uh, so I have a picture of me standing on both hemispheres. I don't trust that equator. <laughs> Sorry, just doing it for funsies. So, Darren, we got a uh, interesting episode today. I'm gonna lay down what's in my mind and in my heart, and then we can discuss it. But first, let me preface what I'm about to say by last week's episode. So last week, friends, as you remember, I got a little bit off the rail in a few areas. We were talking about the 1689, and if you made it through that recording, I mean, I just started ranting about politics and raving, and Darren, God bless you, you were like reeling me back in. And out of all the episodes we've recorded, and we're like, what, three and a half years in? That was the first time where I considered texting you being like, can we pull that down? Something about it didn't feel right. Like, I, I don't, like, my attitude, what I said, like, it just didn't feel right. I wasn't on topic. I was off my game. And as I mentioned before, I didn't have any allergy medicine except for some crazy, massive blue horse pill that was sinus allergy medicine from the dollar store. But I'd take it in the morning just to breathe. And anyway, that, my attitude was kind of crazy and and i'm gonna use this episode friends you have to pardon my self-indulgence i'm gonna own it and then uh make a few confessions let you give you a little bit of insight where i am right now in life and in my walk with the lord and then we can close out by talking about apologizing and seeking forgiveness darren looks like you got something you want to say well you got me just real quick curious of you know you're like ah, we're three years so i looked back and we are on episode 158 that's what this episode is. So, uh, but I looked back. Episode one was April first, twenty twenty. That's what my thing says here. Episode two. When did we record that? Didn't we put a bunch of them up at the same time? Like, didn't we record like five up front and then post them? We we did. But this is what's wild is. According to this, good golly, hold on, okay, according to this, episode one was April 1st, and we just called it Introduction. I'm going to go listen to this today, just because now it's going to be painful. It is. Our next episode dropped September 7th. Hmm. Like, we waited all the way until, like, the end of summer. However... The next episode, episode three, dropped on September 9th. And so did episode four, five, 
6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, what? 14, Something's 15, not right. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, yeah, busy 22, week. It's a busy week. 23, <laughs> 24. That was so a very busy week. Did we like record from April until September 22 episodes and then just go, <laughs> here they are? No, I thought we recorded five up front and then we wanted to post them all together. Apparently, we recorded 22. It was the summer. It was the summer of 2020. Who knows? It was the summer of COVID. It was the COVID summer. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then after that, it gets, we get, we get a little consistent until this summer. Now, we've had some few seasons where (laughs) just given life is hard to commit. Yeah. But we did give everybody the warning this year. I'm so going to go back and listen to episodes. And I'm so happy to be back consistently. Yeah, it's hard for me to go back and listen to things. Although, I, and I keep bringing up, man, do you want to have a podcast where we correct ourselves? Because I do this all the time, especially preaching. I think about warmer sermons that I've preached, and I think I could do better now. Like I, I feel, man, I've, I've, I know a little bit more. I, I feel more confident. I think in my preaching, more gospel centered. I want to take another whack at it, like an apostate exam. I think that, which like, is Jude, the 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 book of Jude, the. Epistle of Jude. Just but, I, I will tell you, I can tell you there's one place in my preaching that I look back on and it makes me cringe. Like one instance that I look back and I go, oh, I wish I'd never done that. And it, my attitude was wrong. What I did was it was terrible. So it was my last Christmas before planting Grassroots Church. So this was the Christmas of 2012. And the church that I was at had a Christmas cantata. And they always asked the pastor to just give a little devotion. Well, I was the only pastor on staff at that time. So I had this whole thing laid out, and at that time, now I'm telling you, my attitude was wrong, so I'm just going to be honest. I'm just shooting straight here. You're owning it. I'm owning it. I had gotten to that mindset where it's what we call the youth or assistant pastor syndrome, where you only preach like once or twice a year, so you like build everything up, and then you get to just like preach it all out in in one, one time or twice a year, and everybody loves it because you're a different voice than the pastor that preaches all the time. Don't know what you're talking about. And so <laughs> everybody loves it. And so you get big-headed. I did. I got big-headed because everybody, when I preach, everybody's like, man, we just love when you preach. We look so much forward to you preach. And, you know, nobody says that now because I preach all the time. I tell you that all the time. I don't? I don't know. But I'm looking forward to you preaching again. <laughs> I had gotten big-headed. And, and so what I did was I got up there, and I'm like, these people are here to hear me, and I'm about to blow their minds with my preaching. And I had wanted to read large portions of the Christmas story, and I got into this flow of like, this is what Christmas is about. This is what the gospel's about. And I, was, I had my verse and everything, and then I made the statement, this is cringe. This is cringe. I made the statement. I said, I said, 
I'm not going to waste the time reading the scripture. We just need to, and, and I went on preaching, and I'm like, how could I ever say that? That I told the body of Christ during Christmas of all times that I wasn't going to waste their time reading scripture. They needed to hear what I had to say. And I'm like, I wish I, that's the only thing that I consistently think of that I go, oh, I wish I'd never done that. I wish I'd never done that. Like that is And that's inevitable. And you and I are both in positions where it's expected for us to speak a lot. And I love it. I, like I'm I've I have the gift of gab. I'm I love that gift and I'm confident what in it. The verse of the Bible is the spiritual gift of gab. Galatians <laughs> uh, first Corinthians twelve, maybe. Um I I I enjoy communicating, speaking with folks. I like being behind a microphone. I like having an audience. It's part of my nature. It's how I'm wired. I enjoy it. I enjoy being this. Not like I enjoy being the center of attention, but I I like being looked to to speak into a situation. And that's the thing. This podcast and preaching on Sundays and even at work, conducting tours or different lectures, like I'm very blessed that I can be used through that gift. I like it. It's what I do. But I've also, like last week, unfortunately, not really respected the position as much as I should because, like you're saying, you get big-headed when you're behind the mic and you get the attention. It gets to to a man. And I don't want to preach to glorify me and make me look good. I don't want to do this podcast to make me look good. I want God to get all the glory. So in in retrospect, last week, I want to get to an apology, but I got to add a little bit of a backdrop. I told you this before we started recording. Friends, I want to confess something to you. Confession time. I have a legit addiction. Hold on. Because I always say, like, hot take, and you're like, you used to have music for that. I feel like I should Is have- he making hot cakes? No, he's making hot takes. Hot takes with Darren. I feel like I need some kind of music for confession time with Adam. Um, I got to come up with something. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go you ahead have an addiction. Hum, hum something. I have an addiction <laughs> that is weird to confess because I, I, I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this, but I'll give you all a little bit of insight into my inner workings. I have loved following current events, national, international, political, anything. Like I, I love information, and I started following politics. True story. In like 97, 98 with the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton situation, I remember very vividly following the 20, uh, the 2000 election between Bush and Gore and the everything that was happening in Florida. Uh, 9-11 Hang in sucked Chad. me in a little bit more. And 9/11. then the war in Iraq sucked me in a little bit more. Then I started Weapons getting more into politics with the Nancy Pelosi revolution in 2006. Obama being elected in 2008. And whenever um, that... that campaign was happening uh, so it was let's see the yeah it was 2008 fall to like i was i was undergoing chemotherapy and i spent a lot of time is when i switched my degree to political science so i spent a lot of time reading about government uh legislative pol- um processes and i was watching a lot of news i watched a ton of fox news like i'm sitting there getting chemo watching campaign coverage with everyone else receiving chemo um but anyway hold on, hold on. uh was that that wasn't Romney? No, he was in it the first time. It was Romney Huckabee? But against uh, Obama, John, the first time was Romney? John Mc, John McCain. I thought Mc, was McCain yeah. first. 
against, and then the Republican nominee was McCain. 2008, it was, was McCain, Romney. Palin, and then 2012, it was Romney, Ryan. Yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, started, started studying politics at Marshall. That was my, <clears throat> uh, my major, which I finished. Uh, same time as the Tea Party rise. And like, like I'm saying, I've been entrenched in this for so long, just absorbing information. Um, <laughs> 2016 is crazy. Like the advent of Trump, no matter how you feel about it, boy, that's inter- that's something to follow. To me, it's almost like pop culture. It's like, what's he going to say today? Point being, I have been so entrenched in absorbing information regarding state, national uh, events, politics, foreign relations, like just entrenched in it. So I'm in a position now, and here's my addiction, is that, yes, I read the news every day. I use the Apple News app. I have a subscription to it, which gives me access to like Washington Post, the Atlantic, like, you know, print sources, which I enjoy. And I try to use them as my bedrock for understanding what's up. But anyway, I'll read through that every day. Uh, I watch the local news every morning. I watch the first little bit of CBS News. I'm just trying to stay well-rounded. Throughout the day... This is my problem. On Facebook, the reels, if I just put it on reels, whatever of whatever thing I read about in the morning, like you talk, uh, for example, the counteroffensive of Ukraine going into Russian-held territory, it's like now I'm listening through Facebook of like 10 different commentaries from Fox News to CNN to different podcasts and different political personalities. Because my thing is like, I don't whether how I feel about about a situation, like my opinion, I tend to just put it aside because I want to suck up information. TikTok is now the same way. If you go through my TikTok feed, it's pretty much all that, like constantly repeated. So throughout the day, I'm just sitting here absorbing information. I'm addicted to all that information. I love it and I want it. And that is so unhealthy for a lot of different reasons because one, it's hard for me to take a stance like behind a microphone. And it's like, how do you feel about a certain situation? I'm like, well, I've got 20 different perspectives that have been hammered into me. Like, which one do I want to roll with? But also on the adverse side, whenever I see someone else hold a certain position, I pridefully and wrongfully think, like, well, I know where you're coming from. And it's so easy for me to take that one view and then just apply it to an entire character of a person in judgment. Uh, you combine that with my bitterness towards, uh, unfortunately, uh, some family members, which we've discussed before on the podcast, to where, uh, you know, I, I tend to root against certain things. So anyway, if I have a bad experience with someone, uh, if they're rude to me or condes- like some, just being a jerk, and I find out, like, oh, they lean a certain way politically or theologically, it's easy for me to take that point and just to, like dismiss the entire person. My addiction is that I like information, and it, and I keep absorbing it. And a lot of it I don't need it's not beneficial. I like understanding where everybody's coming from, and I like being able to listen to the national discussion, but you can't know everything, and you can bind, like, my emotional <laughs> instability sometimes with the amount of information that I was consuming and then the medication. Y'all, I was not in a good place last week, and I apologize. So what I will say going forward, y'all yeah, pray for me. I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. Like, I will... I'll be washing the dishes and it's like oh wait i'm listening to the news i don't even remember turning it on like hours and which i can use that information to do a good job in hospitality i can have conversations with i feel like most people but it's just weighing me down i've soaked up so much useless information to where it's hard for me to see my way through current events right now and i should not last week what i was spewing about inappropriate both by way of content and my attitude 
And uh, my hope going forward is to be intentional about the media I consume uh, and also to make sure that if I do claim a stance, I'm coming from it from a good heart and with good information, like pure motive. So, y'all, I'm sorry about last week. Uh, unhinged a bit. That is me. Welcome to Adam. <laughs> Darren, fix that. <laughs> Clean so, that up a little so bit. So your confession is you are, and when I say child of the age, we are in the information age. Uh, because of the internet, because of uh, not just access to the internet, but the ease of putting things on the internet. We can get anything that we want to believe, we can find something to back it up. Um, and, but, and we weren't there. That's the thing. I'll, just to use a crazy example, the lunar landing. Most in the scientific community, are they, they say, like, we went to the moon, here's the proof, and then there are others that are skeptics. It's like, well, here's all the reasons why what you said doesn't make sense. We weren't there. We're not Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldridge. Like, we, we didn't see it. We'll never know 100%. And until the kingdom to come, yeah, true. And then we won't care. <laughs> we'll be on the. Will the moon be in heaven? It says new heaven and new earth. Do we get a new moon, like a new Saturn, go, a new sun? We're, you and I are going to go race around the moon. Let's do it. On your mark, get it's like where's Adam? Uh, he's on the dark side of the moon again today. <laughs> but uh, there's yeah. there, there's so much information, and it and it does worry me also as a culture because again, you can claim anything and just start pulling facts and studies to prove whatever point you want. Information is the most precious commodity right now. And there are a lot of different social groups and institutions that are spending a lot of money to keep our attention, to keep us thinking in a like a certain way. But ultimately, again, the lunar landing, I wasn't there. Uh, just you, you eventually get to a point where you have to trust certain sources. Uh, but being being a Christian, there's one truth that's absolute, and that is Jesus Christ. And we can take Scripture to heart. And before, and if you all relate to me, if you also struggle with like an overload of information, you consume a lot of unnecessary media. Maybe you're struggling with like, well, what is true? What is real? Did this actually happen? Are they actually after a certain person? Did this person actually commit a crime? It's like let's let's speak about and live with what we know, and what we know is that Jesus is truth. He is the absolute truth, and that his word is 100% solid, using scripture to, you know, be guided by the Spirit to navigate this information highway we're on. Because remember, there, there are two ways of, of a dystopian future, and I've mentioned this before, and it's, it seems to be playing out this way. You have the uh, Orwellian 1984 type of dystopia, where there's the information you get is what the governing body wants you to have. Big Brother's always watching. You're constantly being surveilled. Uh, ver versus the Huxleyan, there's just an overload of information to the point where it's like, well, what is actually happening here? Um, and I'm upset also because everyone that information instead of being instead of the truth being sought after, it seems like everyone's just myself included unfortunately, weaponize it and, and use it uh, to, against others and to our own advantage. Like, it's, it's a weird world we're living in now. Like, it, it's tough. But I, I really, I would like to get to a point, I and mean, you preached it a few weeks ago, like being legalistic, you read through Scripture, and it's like, okay, now what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Instead of like, how about this? How do I be? Like, how should I be? Who should I be? Which... 
you know, gets us over to Christ because we are supposed to be in him. Like he dwells in us, us in him. He sustains all things. It's not so much like doing, but it's like being. So instead of like, okay, now how do I forgive? What steps do I need to take to apologize, to ask for forgiveness or to seek forgiveness? The bigger challenge and the more truthful way to approach it is like, how can I be a forgiving person? Information overload, Darren. It's everywhere. It's like, ah. Well, not. And I can't stop because I went like two days without reading the news and it drove me nuts, man. Like, I felt, like, I felt awful. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the world. King David said in Psalm 1, we read it Tuesday uh, here at the theater, the first Tuesday. uh, He said, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Uh, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, I think you said, you know, when you were washing dishes and you're like, I've been listening to the news, and you didn't even realize it. And what you end up doing is you end up taking in the information and then meditating on it. And, And so we can say, like, King David's like, we have to meditate on God's word. That's that's how it informs is it's not just read it and go, okay, I read it, but but taking it in and meditating on it because every day, all day, we're taking information in. Um, but if we are taking in God's word and meditating, that's gonna inform the other information we hear. But let me just throw something out there to you. Let's say you wake up in the morning and uh, you get your cup of coffee, your cup of hot tea, whatever you're rolling with, and the first thing you turn on is some kind of news source, be it on the TV, be it a podcast, be it uh, you know just turning on something on your phone, listening. Um, that's that's going to end up being what you meditate on all day, just that first thing that engages your mind in the morning. That's, that's the first thing you're going to, you know, and, and it's going to end up informing everything you see that day. Um, so, so let's say you wake up in the morning. The first thing you do is you go to God's word. Um, and it can be, you grab the coffee, you sit down and read or use your app to, to let it play to you, like to listen to it. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, I can read God's word and certain things pop out at me and then I can listen to it and different things, you know, kind of become prevalent. And so, uh, maybe that's, what you're going to end up doing that you're going to meditate on that all day. You're going to spend the day thinking about that, and it's going to inform what you see. And so, uh, I, I would ask the question: Do do we wake up in the morning with a thirst for the presence of God and His Word, or do we wake up with a thirst for the newest information to come out and current events and things like that? And 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 just to make sure we're clear on something, it's okay to want to follow along with what's happening in a political realm, you know, a political uh, situation, a what's happening between it's, Russia and It's good and to be Ukraine. informed. You need participation in a democracy for the democracy to adequately function. You need to you have information. Yeah, if it engages, like, it's okay to be involved in it. It's okay to uh, be informed in it. It's, it's okay to that that's a big part of, like that's okay there's there's nothing inherently evil about it what the problem is is when that becomes what gets our 
uh, our effort, our energy, our attention, and our affection compared to God gets our energy and our attention and our affection and what we meditate on, you know, and and so that's that's where I think the dividing line is, right? And I've you know I've uh, been reading a daily devotion for the first time in my life. Never read through a daily devotion, and I've been trying for the past few days. Well, about about the past week actually, since last week's episode, and then you know a few. Um, I was given some comments at work. And I've done, you know, just just saying things without really having good ground to stand on. But anyway, friends, if you look, if you all are giving us your time, um, if you're giving us your 45 minutes on a Friday evening or on a Sunday morning, like I respect your time, and I I want all of our listening friends to to be built up in their faith through the Spirit in Christ. Uh, so I I, I want to do a better job of respecting people's time, and I need to do better. And I will do better, because I've spent the better part of last week reading through a daily devotion. John Piper said it, Bible before breakfast, you got to get off on the right track. But it's really hard, and that's the thing about addictions, is that you do it, and you don't even know you're doing it. Like, you can't stop doing it, and it's the craziest thing. I can be like, I'm not consuming any type of social media news information today. And daggone it if I don't go use the bathroom and start flipping through TikTok. And and then your lunch rolls around. It's like, how am I doing in my? Oh man, I've been I've been scanning through TikTok quite a bit. And again, my motivation is it's just to soak up information. That is an idol. Like I want to know. I hate when people talk about something and I can't can I can't be a part of the conversation because I don't know. And uh, do you know what I realize, man? You know what I realized like uh, a problem I have is <clears throat> I I realized that I would get in line. Walmart um, or Target or something, just somewhere where it wasn't typically self-checkout. Uh, I, I was very much against self-checkout. This is a total rabbit trail here. I was very much work, against work, work. Bringing the sound effects when it back. First, yeah, when it first came, I was like, come on. like We are taking away human interaction here. And now I'm like, you know, when I've just got two or three items, it sure is nice not to have to stand behind the individual that has a cart full. Or two to just run through, you know, self checkout. You know, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, but I realized when I got into a situation where I was in line, and listen, when I say in line, I mean there is one person ahead of me. I'm not talking about Black Friday, you know, I'm in line for an hour type of stuff. Like one person ahead of me, and the moment clicked, I would stand there. I would walk up, stand there, go, okay, this one person's ahead of me, grab my phone, flip through something. And it's like, I cannot stand here for 45 seconds without wanting to grab my phone and flip through absolutely pointless stuff. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, what is it that is holding our attention? Like, what are, what are we focusing on? What are we thinking about? What's the well, the scripture? It's like where where your treasure lies, there is also your heart. So I bet if we were to take a step back and consider what it is we have been thinking through and meditating on, you'll probably very quickly find where it is your heart lies. I told you Sunday, and you 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 basically posed the question out of my comments of who has 
for grassroots church, who has their ear? Okay. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. I think, and and I would love to hear from anybody who listens to this. I would absolutely. I've said this before, and just you know, fun interaction. But I mean this wholeheartedly. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Anybody who hears this, and Adam, I want to. You know, we've talked about it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Um, I think that it becomes very easy in uh, the day to day culture we live in today. Um, because of the information overload, because of the different viewpoints, everything that's out there, it's easy for us to say, okay, we enter into listening to something with our guard up, waiting to hear what we disagree with. Like, I'm not waiting to hear what I agree with. I'm waiting to hear what I disagree with so I can discount what's being said. Like when I listen to a commentator, when I listen to a uh, somebody who's purveying the news, when I listen to a preacher, when I listen to um, even somebody who's talking sports, like my instant stance is I'm waiting to hear what I disagree with. And as soon as we get to that point, then I'm like, oh, I'm done with you. That like... I think that's the easy path to take in our in our day. And so I wonder how many people would come in on a Sunday morning listening to one of us preach, and that's the stance where, where we are trying to take God's Word. And the question I told you and Mark that I'm trying to ask with every sermon now is how does what we're saying today make sense of the chaotic world we live in? And so when I'm when I'm trying to do that is are there people sitting are there individuals sitting there on Sunday morning listening just waiting for what they disagree with so they can discount what's being said um and and then out of those thoughts you pose the question who has their ear um and that's that's I I would love to hear from everybody going hey when you sit down on Sunday morning and and I want to be careful with this because I'm really not trying to be like you need to take everything as I that I say as fact and you know listen mindlessly because I am the purveyor of truth no you're talking about a preconceived bias almost where it's like this person I have a certain feeling towards them and I want to sit here and wait until bop there it is like aha I knew it you are a terrible person because you said that and you can't. Yeah, when they sit down on Sunday morning, and they, myself, you, Mark, we get up and say, okay, Exodus chapter, you know, 36, let's go. If they're like, all right, I'd love to hear where's their baseline. Mm. When they hear us go, hey, good morning, I'm so excited to dive into the Word together today, Exodus chapter 36, and we go, what's their baseline? Are they starting from, I need this, Lord, speak to my heart, you know, Darren, don't screw this up, uh, you know, you better get this right or I'm out. Like, I, what's the baseline? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak on others' behalf. I used to listen to preachers uh, growing up thinking, oh, I would have said it this way. I, I don't think it was ever disagreeing with the content, but I was like, I would have said it this way. I would have used this. Oh, it makes me think about this. Um, All right, be honest. How many times have you done that with me? Be honest. When I'm preaching, you're like, oh, man, you missed no. a good illustration, or oh, I would have. 
Man, I can't honestly. I can't think of an example. I, I'm I'm sure I would, but have you ever been listening to me preach? And and y'all y'all listen. We're just doing this off the cuff here, like we didn't plan this. Pew pew. Adam and I have the relationship. Like I can, I can remember saying something to Adam one time, and and he was very offended. Like we were while being, he was very offended. And I finally was like, listen, it was Kelly and I that said it. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, literally, your whole demeanor, like, came completely down. You're like, we trust what y'all say. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, okay, we've got that relationship where we can just say things. So you are you I have mean, 100%. Hey, we're cool. Like, here's the thing. Like, you're my brother and you're my friend, and I trust you. When you share an opinion, honestly, I take it home. Like, I... It's like, and, and it kind of goes back to like the church community too. So if you, Larry, Mark, like all these folks out there, Jess, it's like, man, I'm giving you all the biggest benefit of a doubt ever because I trust and love y'all. But anyway, go ahead. So if yeah. you, hey, if you come at me, I'll be like, yeah. Well, Have you right ever been listening to me preach? And I'm like making a point, and you're literally sitting there going, Darren, just get on with it. Like you've made your point. Just move on. Just. You, I don't think the so, phrase man, would be I, "You're beating a dead horse." Just go on, just no, go I, on, dude. You're you're proclaiming God's word, and you're up there for a reason. And if you're if you're being led to reiterate, no, I I, I might no, man. I I honestly I say this with a with pure with a pure heart. I don't I don't judge your preaching that way. Others maybe because you're my pastor, um, but which I've invited you and Mark to. Well, we do, and it's the same with me. It's like I feel like I deserve far more criticism than what I've been given. But you do offer feedback and constructive, like, well, may, okay, you did this. Maybe here's an alternative to it. I do. <laughs> I struggle when someone corrects me and then they just drop. It's like, hey, you're wrong, and they move on. It's like, all right, well, what's the alternative? No, not just you're wrong. It's like if if you offer a correction, there needs to be an alternative. In a lot of, and I see it in, in, in see different offices this. and stuff. Let's see if you can get this. I remember, I think it's the biggest bit of advice in your preaching I ever gave you. And land the plane. No. Oh, that's mm. no. Stop we, talking to myself. That one. <laughs> yeah. I said you gotta stop having. Conversations. And I did. I try. Did. I intentionally try. You you totally did. Because I trust that. your feedback. Yeah. Um, you totally did after that. I said, you got to quit having conversations no, with and yourself. It, and that's why you know, we have often referred to what Jesus encourages his listeners whenever he was delivering that sermon about. It's like, you know, put your burdens on, like, come to me. My burden is light, and it's my, my yoke is easy. Well, that's out of context. My yoke is over easy. But, like, I, I idolize knowledge and information. And, and I know that I belong in that sphere in my, in my calling. But I cheat on the Spirit by, instead of trusting in the Spirit to give me knowledge and information and understanding and wisdom, I'm like, well, let me go over here. Let's see what the Washington Post says about it. Let's see what the New York Times says about it. Now let me see what uh, Russell Brand says about it, uh, instead of just at first trusting the Spirit. And I think that's beneficial to those that are going into a sermon or you know, listening to anyone give any type of lecture. It's like, first and foremost, seek the Spirit, like, be prayed up, spend time in the Word, meditate on truth, good, solid truth. Like, start there. Um, and Which, then, the only source of truth is God's Word. That's true. Everybody else, every other purveyor of information you can get has an agenda. And I have a problem. Like, I, I loathe being wrong. Again, an idol. Um, so it's like, I, I don't like not knowing what people are talking about, and I don't like being wrong. 
But God is good and forgiving, and we're all wrong all the time, and that's the current state until Jesus comes back. So, yeah, anyway, I'm asking you all to forgive me. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll do better, and I'm excited to kind of like walk this journey with you all because, again, I'm not going to sit here and go, all right, I have a five-step plan for being more intentional of consuming media. It's like I'm trusting the spirit in this, and I I get disappointed, Darren. Maybe you can relate where I, I see a sin and... It's like, God, forgive me from the sin, which he does faithfully and justfully. Um, I expect like immediate, oh, complete change. I prayed it, named it, claimed it, and from this moment for all eternity, I will not struggle with this. I Oftentimes, it's more like, hey, I'm prayed up, ready to go. I've sought forgiveness and repentance, and I screwed up 20 minutes later. It's like you got to work it out. You know, you got to have a little bit of resistance. It's like, get back up, like keep working through it. So I'm opening up to my to our friends here. It's like, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Trusting the Spirit, only He can renew and regenerate. I can't do it. I got a problem, and we're gonna we're gonna work through this together. But in the meantime, I uh, I w- I unless necessary, I'm done with political social commentary unless it is from the Bible, unless it is addressing like God's truth. Other than that, y'all, if you if, if I made you feel bad about your political views, I apologize. Like let I, I'll I'll do better. Dad. <laughs> also, do I also have a problem? It's like I always, I, I feel when to, to kind of wrap out with forgiveness, because that's the thing. Y'all have to forgive me. <laughs> I got see seventy times seven, so I've got at least like I don't know four more forgivens. But I, 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 yeah. I always seek like I'm an apologetic person. Like I'm sorry and I'm sorry and I'm sorry. It's like I'm always looking for an area to apologize. Darren, how from your expertise in uh, scripture and experience? How does one go about seeking forgiveness? Because I feel like I apologize more for things that no one told me about than what they do. Is that wrong? Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? It's like, I feel like I want to make a confession and seek forgiveness on the podcast. No one said anything to me, but I feel led to do that. What's the balance? How do, how do you be a forgiving person? I, I think... Asking forgiveness and being a forgiving person are two different things, obviously. Uh, asking forgiveness is uh, cl- claiming, you know, name it and claim it. Name and claim where you messed up. That's, that's owning like, it. Like, take responsibility. Yeah, that's yes. owning it. Um, and that's when we come to Christ asking forgiveness, we are recognizing our sin uh, where we have... Uh, sinned against him. We have fallen short of perfection, and that's sin against him. And so we come to him going, I've, you know, David you know, said against you and you alone have I sinned. And, and so our sin is against him. Um, and so we, we come to him asking forgiveness. And, and so that's what we're doing is we recognize I, I, I screwed up. And so going to somebody asking forgiveness is recognizing, hey, here's where I messed up. And if they go, oh, I didn't even, because I think there's been a couple times I've come to you and go, man, listen, I need to ask your forgiveness. You're like, I didn't even realize that happened. And I'm like, it did. Yeah, you're like, I was really mad the other day. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, I like, didn't. I need to own that to you as a friend and Riddle brother. me naive. Yeah, and so, um, so we're owning it. Whether the other person sees it or not, we're owning it. Like, this is where I messed up. Um, and I think there's times you've come to me saying, hey, man, I really messed up here, and I've had to come right back at you going, I didn't respond well. 
And so I messed up. And then we end up crying, and we go get some beer and wings. Yeah, and, <laughs> pop, uh, pop the champagne. Things, things go okay. But, yeah. um, but so we're owning our side of it when we ask forgiveness. And then I, I want you to think about this, how, how this sounds different. And if I were coming to you, if I come to you and I go, um, I got angry here, and I shouldn't, I'm sorry. Okay. But if I come to you and go, I got angry here and I shouldn't have, will you forgive me? That's two very different feelings. Mm. Yeah. Is the word sorry in the Bible like that? <laughs> I cannot recall. Sorrow, but sorry. Like Peter cut I a say, dude's ear off. Do you think he was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jesus, can you put it back on? Look, I didn't mean it. I lashed out. My bad. My B, y'all. My B. Yeah. When you say, I'm sorry, that's. That sentence has a period on the end of it, and and you are you are not expecting a response. You want it to be over. When you go to somebody and say, "Will you forgive me?" that has a question mark, which means there is more conversation to be had after that, and you are you are inviting a response. That is hard because what can the response be? If it's from a brother or sister in Christ, Lord willing, it is, I do forgive you. And this is wiped from the record together, like we're good, okay? It might be, yeah, you did mess up. You shouldn't have done that. You should have responded this way. It's like, you got to take that. Or it might be, I cannot forgive you for that. And so when you, when you ask forgiveness, that's totally different than saying I'm sorry. And so... I, I think asking for should make a board game instead of sorry. Call it forgiveness. It's just a deeper, heavier, <laughs> darker version. It always ends crying. Um, yeah, I I think for it's champagne and wings, and you know tomorrow's a new day. Hey, and and you feel better for it. Um, <laughs> I do think that asking forgiveness when you go to somebody and go, hey, I'm sorry about that. It, you're at you're you're wanting the conversation to end. When you ask forgiveness, you're wanting the conversation to continue. Um, and so I, think about this, and I've, I've dealt with this over the years. Have you ever asked forgiveness for somebody and or somebody's asked forgiveness of you, and they're like, listen, I'm really sorry that I did that. That wasn't my intention. I didn't mean for that to happen. Yeah, Or, or it's like, hey, that's kind of messed up you said this. Well, I said it, but here's what I meant. Yeah, there's no, there's no actually forgiveness being asked. There's no recognition of responsibility. It's just you took it wrong. Yeah, I apologized to someone one time. I was like, look, I'm sorry. Acted up uh, against you. My bad. Like, yeah, you should be sorry. That was messed up. And it's like, what? What? Well, what am I? Well, I wasn't expecting this. It's like, okay. Well, I, I don't know what to do. And we, that's what I. We broke up. Oh, well. You know me. I pull the plug when I'm. <laughs> but well, worked out for you. Um, hey, it totally did. <laughs> but but that's the thing is when somebody when somebody comes to you like, hey, I, I want to ask forgiveness because um, I said this and I didn't mean it, and and it's there, or I said this and you know it's that wasn't my intention. It's like what you're trying to do is like you're trying to pass some of the blame off on the other person, going, hey. Uh, you know, if, if you hadn't taken this wrong, then then we'd be okay. And so I think when you ask forgiveness, just own your half of it. Just own it. Be like, you know what? 
I responded as I shouldn't have. Will you forgive me? And then let the conversation continue. And then the hardest part will be for the other person or for yourself wiping the slate clean. That's the hardest part. And that's the beauty of a gospel-centered, Jesus-loving community. Like, we get to give and receive grace from, well, we get to receive grace from God that we get to share with others. Because every day, you mentioned, like, bitterness. Like, I mean, I'll get upset with God sometimes when it's like, I'm having a hard time seeing outside because it's really sunny and it puts me in a bad mood. How does the thick fog treat you? Love it. It's an even playing field. Absolutely. I am far more comfortable in extreme weather, inclement weather. It's fine because everyone else is seeing what I'm seeing now. Like, I'm on par. Uh, so I'm actually much more comfortable. My problem is, like, you know, bright, sunny day, people go crazy because they can, they, they can they have better vision than me is what it is, and they're able to do certain maneuvers that I'm just not going to be able to do safely. But the fog the fog puts is everybody great. on edge. Yeah, because it slows everyone down. I'm, I live in a fog, bro. Welcome. It's home field advantage. No, I, I prefer my favorite driving weather, overcast, but no rain, just lo- like right before it rains. I love it because the colors are more vibrant. It's just easy to see. It puts me in a better mood. I'm less anxious. Interesting. Like driving to work. So you wake up and see fog and go, yes. Uh, coming around the curve. Let's see. Before Holt Lane on yep. 219, um, there was a big patch of fog <laughs> just right there. It was sunny everywhere else. Big patch of fog right there. And I'm like, ooh, it's so much easier for me to see the light. It was red. Like, boo. But no, no, I... Look, if I wake up and I have to go to work and it's overcast, I'm like, yay. I'm more confident. <laughs> and so it makes me a That's interesting. A I, I, will, I will tell everybody right now, Adam has asked forgiveness of his actions. He is not saying that y'all misinterpreted him or you didn't take it the way he meant it. He has asked forgiveness. So y'all encourage him. Send him a text. Say, yeah. Adam, we love you. Don't ever do it again. No, send him a text saying we love you, and we are here with you, and we forgive you. Hey, y'all, I love and appreciate you. Speaking on behalf of Darren now, you all are the best, and you're awesome, and I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all next week. Until then, go enjoy your Friday. Love y'all. <laughs>